We've, we've been, been working through a series this winter called Thriving in the City. Hope, hopefully it's warming you up a little bit as we get through this, get through the winter season. But we've been talking about different strategies for making the most of life in the city. And today I want to talk about the importance of, of being fruitful, of being spiritually fruitful. And I think that the city is a challenging place to live, but it's also a place where the children of God, where those who are pursuing God, can live lives that bear much fruit as we seek Him. So, if that sounds weird to you, just uh, hold on, it gets weirder. But uh, our, our text today comes from John 15. This might be familiar to some of you. It's uh, some of the last words of Jesus to his disciples. When he was giving them his charge, he says this, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. This is God's word for God's children. Now, before I lived here in Hudson County, I used to live out in the leafy suburbs in Morris County, New Jersey, and that's where the Garden State really is uh, bountiful, where it is more like a garden. But uh, one Sunday afternoon in October, I had to drive through the little town of Chester. And I, I don't know if you've never been there, Chester is a little town out in Morris County that actually has one stoplight. And usually if that stop, if that light is green when you're going through, it takes about two minutes to get through the town. But this particular day, Chester, a Sunday afternoon, going for a Sunday afternoon drive, Chester was in gridlock. And instead of it taking me two minutes to get across town to the other side, it took me about 20 minutes. And so when I got there, of course, I was a little bit irate and I said to the guy who I was late to meet with, I'm just really sorry, it's like Chester is in gridlock. I don't know what's pandemonium over there. And he said, oh yeah. This time of year, everybody from Jersey City comes out to Chester to pick apples. And so it's, it's, it's really busy for a little while, but don't worry, they'll all go back and, and leave us alone soon enough. And uh, you know, I, I, then, then I understood it. And moving to Jersey City, I understand it even more because the whole time I've been in Jersey City, I've yet to see an apple tree with apples on it. I don't know why, why they don't seem to exist here. It's hard to grow apples in the city, but I think the city is actually a great place to be a fruitful Christian. At least it gives us the opportunities to bear much fruit in our spiritual lives if we allow it to do that. And so today I want to talk about how to live a spiritually fruitful life so that each of us potentially can thrive in the city and make a difference in the places where, we, um, where God plants us. So let me try to define that a little bit. What does it mean to be fruitful? I'm, probably all kinds of things might be coming to your mind. But, uh, but what, what I, I think Jesus is talking about when he says, I've appointed you to go and bear much fruit, fruit that will last. He's talking about 
about a spiritual abundance that we generate in our lives. I believe that God has given all of us gifts and as we're connected to him, as we're faithful with the gifts that he's given us, those gifts will multiply and those gifts will be something we can share with others. God has given all of us blessings. God has blessed all of us or, or is offering his blessing to all of us in various ways, but it's up to us to cultivate those blessings and then seek to bless others as we have been blessed. God has put the seeds of potential in all of us, but it's up to us to cultivate those seeds of potential so that we can bear fruit in the world around us. So that's what I'm, what I'm talking about. I think that's what Jesus is talking about when he says, I've appointed you to go and bear much fruit, fruit that will last. Part of being a fruitful Christian is to figure out your gifts, to figure out the way God, God has blessed you, and then cultivate that and develop that, and figure out how God wants you to take those gifts and use them to be a blessing to others. And I, I believe God has given us all potential, and the challenge for us is to figure out how it is he wants us to use that potential in the place where he's planted us to accomplish his purpose. I think the city is an ideal place to live a fruitful life, even though it is a hard place to grow apple trees because the city is fertile with opportunities to bless others. There's all kinds of needs and all kinds of challenges in, in the city that, that beg for our help, that ask for, that give us opportunities to use our gifts to, and to assist others with the, with the challenges that they have. And so my hope for each of us is that we will figure out how to be fruitful individually in our Christian lives and then also for us as a church that will be a fruitful church that God will take the seeds and take the blessings that he's given us and will use that to enable us to be a greater blessing to this world. Now, one of the things about bearing fruit is we're not all alike. We're not all alike in the type of fruit that we bear. We're not all alike in, in the amount of fruit that we bear or the bounty of fruit that, that we bear. But God has made us all unique and, and we all have a place and have a way that we can help others, that we can share his grace with others, that we can share his fruit with others, and that we can share his abundance with others. And so our challenge is to discover that and then multiply it for, for other people. And I, I think one of the enemies of fruitfulness for all of us is comparing ourselves to other people or uh, looking at looking at what other people are able to do or what other people have accomplished and saying, well, if I can't be like that person, then it's not even worth trying. Or if I can't fit into that mold, then I really have nothing to offer. Because all of us, the Bible says, God's given all of us spiritual gifts. God has blessed all of us in unique ways. God has wired all of us differently. And so the challenge for all of us is just to figure out what exactly our calling is and how exactly he wants to use us. Now, one of my bad habits is usually on Sunday nights, I, I end up you know, flipping through YouTube and I settle on one of these preachers in like Miami or Dallas or LA who's got, you know, uh, who preaches in an arena every, every Sunday and, and you, you listen to this preacher and you're like, boy, I wish I could preach like that. And then, then, I, then, then they pan to the audience and, and let's just say they're not meeting in a multi-purpose room in a middle school 
And, and you're like, wow, look at a church like that. And then I realize, well, you know, I don't have his gifts, and, um, and I'm not in Dallas, and I wouldn't want to be in Dallas, frankly, but no offense to those of you who like Dallas, but, but, but really. Um, but, but, you know, I've got my gifts, and I'm in Jersey City, and so I'm called to do what God has called me to do right here and right now. And that's true for all of us, because all of us, I think, we, we look at, we, we can look at other people, we can look at the way other people do things, and we say, why can't I be like them? And the reason you can't be like them is because you're not them, and God has, a, God has made you in a special way to, to use your gifts in a, in a special way to accomplish a particular purpose. And, and the challenge and the call on you and on me and on our church is not to imitate someone else who we think is far ahead of us, but to recognize who we are and what we are and make the most of that where God has planted us, to bloom where we're planted, to bear fruit in the place that God has planted us. And so that's the, the, the call of fruitfulness. You know, we all have our limits and sometimes as we go through life, sometimes it's, it's easy to focus more on our limits or to be more frustrated by our limitations than to recognize our opportunities. But God gives us our limits as well as our opportunities to help us to focus on what he wants us to do with, with the gifts that he's given us. Your responsibility, my responsibility is to discover our gifts, to develop our gifts, and to share our gifts, and to bloom right here. And as far as I can see, all of you are in Jersey City right now. You know, all of you live in like Hudson County, New Jersey. And so you're probably not going to be apple farmers, but there's other things that you can be to bless the world around you. And it's your job and our job together to discover that and to figure that out. But one of the things you've got to realize about this is to be fruitful is actually hard work. If you live in Jersey City and you just go out to Chester, New Jersey on, in October to pick apples, you might think that growing apples is kind of an easy thing to do. You know, you just walk out into the field and there's all these apples hanging from the tree and you just grab a, grab a bunch, put them in your bag, and, and you go home. But the reality is that the only reason those apples are there is because there are a group of people who are actual apple farmers who work the apple orchard year-round. You might have noticed that you don't usually see an apple tree growing in the woods just growing wild. If you did see one, you wouldn't recognize it because it wouldn't have anything that looked like the apples that you're used to seeing. The only reason apple trees grow the big, fat, juicy apples you see is because the farmers are working on them year-round. They're, they're irrigating them. They're aerating the roots. They're, they're, they're uh, pushing back the other weeds that grow around them. They're using herbicide. They're using pesticide and fertilizer and then pruning the trees back every year so that they develop the, the fruit that you can take advantage of or that we, that, we, that we experience when we go apple picking in the fall. See, it's, it's hard work to make, to make an apple tree fruitful and it's actually, it's hard work in our lives to bear, bear spiritual fruit. It's not something that just happens, it's something that we've got to cultivate, it's something that we've got to develop. But different ones of us, depending on the gifts that God has given us, have to work different ways to, uh, to accomplish this. One of the things 
that strikes me just about, about life in general is we look at successful people, we look at accomplished people, we look at, we look at people who've really made it in one area or the other, and we see them at the pinnacle of their success because that's when they attract attention, but we don't usually see the process and the hard work and the sacrifices that they made to get there. You see an accomplished musician, you say, wouldn't it be great if everyone came to watch me play the piano, but you don't see all the hours that person put in to practice and rehearsal. You see, see an accomplished business person and, and the business that they've built and you say, wouldn't it be great to be successful like them, but you don't see the risks they've taken, you don't see the sacrifices they've made in order to accomplish that. You see an accomplished athlete, you say, wouldn't it be great to win the championship like that person did, but you don't, but, but the, there's never a highlight reel of all the hours of practice they put in in order to become what they became. became. We always see the results and we always focus on the results, but we miss the fact of the process. And to be spiritually fruitful in your life takes a commitment to a process. It takes a commitment to growing. It takes hard work. It's not something that spontaneously happens for any of us. One of the illustrations I saw of this recently is, is uh, you know, there's been a lot of focus on the life and legacy of Kobe Bryant, and, and you see a lot of pictures of his, his highlights and his statistics when he, when, of, of uh, his most successful seasons and his most successful games. You see pictures of him holding up the NBA uh, championship, finals championship trophy and things like that. But the other thing that's come out is he was, he was famous not just for his competitiveness, but also for his intense work ethic. And in the off season, they, they said his goal was to make, make 2,000 jump shots every day. And so 2,000 shots a day, and he could make, if he had somebody shagging balls for him, he could make 500 an hour. So that's four hours every day of him just shooting the basketball. And there's no highlight reels of, oh, well, let's just turn on ESPN and watch, watch Kobe Bryant do four hours worth of shooting practice. There's no highlight reels of that, but it's that practice and that commitment that led to the success and, and, and the victories that he had. So that's true for all of us. And, and the area where you're gifted, the area where God has given you talents, that's actually the area where you have to work the most. That's the way. That's the way things are. I, I was reading something another pastor was sharing in his ministry, where he had a guy in his church who was doing very well in his business and doing very well financially, and he, and he started giving money away to to whatever causes that came around, and and they did a little spiritual gifts inventory. This guy was in it, and he discovered he had the gift of giving. And he said, Pastor, I figured it out. I've got the gift of giving, and I, you know, I just. It just encourages me to be able to respond to whatever needs come, come my way, and, and so I'm always, I'm always alert to those those types of things, and, and just and just uh, I like I like making people happy and helping people with with what God has given me. And the pastor said to him, "Well, you know that that's great." And the pastor said, "Well, I've got the gift of teaching." He was a, a, a preacher, and he said, "But that doesn't mean I just kind of spontaneously stand up and talk whenever I." I get the opportunity. Actually, having the gift of teaching means you got to spend more time studying and more time preparing and be more strategic and more disciplined and focused about what you read and what you study and what you're learning. And in the same way, the pastor challenged this guy, if you have the gift of giving and God has given you 
a lot of resources and you feel like you're called to share those or to give those away, you've got to be putting time into getting to know various people in various ministries, getting to know people with various needs and understanding the opportunities and, and the, the, the ways God is working in the world so that your gifts can make the, the greatest possible impact on the world. See, whatever your gift is, if you really want it to make a, a difference, you've got to be willing to work hard to, and, and to develop that gift in order to, for that gift to be fruitful. And so, so the key to fruitfulness is being willing to work hard and, and that will result in a level of success. And you know, we talk about sex, success in this world and, uh, and as, as something that's important, but when we talk about being, being spiritually fruitful, it's something that includes success but it's more, more than more than simple success. You know, one thing about being in the city is, is, I feel like we're surrounded by hustlers everywhere we go. You know, and some people are hustling jeans and sneakers out of the trunk of their car. Some people are hu hustling hedge funds. But you know, it seems like everybody's, everybody's got a hit, a hustle of some sort or another. And uh, you know, either you're, either you're hustling or you're being hustled. And that, that's how, how life goes. But, but one of the challenges when you think about what it takes to be fruitful is, in a sense, it's the opposite of the hustle because you're looking at the needs of people around you. You're looking at the challenges people have and saying, what can I do out of the, out of the blessings God has given me, out of the abundance God has given me, what can I give to the world around me? around me? What, what can I share with those who are around me? And, and that, that's the challenge and the opportunity of, of seeking to become a fruitful Christian as you, you seek to develop what God has given you so that you can give more to the world around you, give more to the people around you. You know, success is one of the hardest things to measure really, even, even in the world today. You know, we, we have these basic questions like, what do you do, what do you make, what are you worth, things like that, and we try to boil success down to uh, a career number or a salary number or uh, the level of your assets or the level of your revenue, things, something, something that's one-dimensional and something that's easily measured. But what I've noticed about life is that life is far from one-dimensional. Life is multi-dimensional. And the biggest challenge for a lot of us is we succeed in one area, but we fail in another area. Or we're making progress in one area, but we're making a mess in another area. And so, so it seems like the success we have doesn't compensate for the, for the weaknesses we have in other areas. In fact, Sometimes the most successful people in, in one particular area that are outstanding in one area, the reason they're, they're outstanding in that area is because they've sacrificed all the other areas of their life. And, you know, we all know, know stories of people who are tremendously professionally successful, but they, they work so much they let their health go and they, they died young or they, they ended up being very uncomfortable in life because, because their health suffered as a result of their work or people whose careers prospered, but but their family life suffered because they didn't pay attention to, to the things that matter most. The, 
the danger of pursuing success, the danger of, of chasing our hustle, is that we just achieve success in one dimension of life, and then we allow the other dimensions of our life to go down. But the call to fruitfulness is a call to recalibrate success, because it's not about our achievement. It's about recognizing the gifts of God and the blessings of God, and then developing those so that we can be a blessing to others developing the gifts of God so that we have more to give others, developing the blessings of God in our life so that we have more ways to bless others. And so it's completely the opposite of being a hustler. And uh, one, one of the key measures of this for all of us, I think, is the quality of our relationships with other people, the quality of our friendships, the quality of our family relationships and those, and those connections. Because at the end of the day, your life doesn't consist of the abundance of your wealth. Your life doesn't consist of what you accumulate or the title that you have when you stop. Your life consists in the quality of the connections you've made, the quality of the relationships you've made. A friend of mine named Pat Morley told the story when, when he was a young businessman, there was, there was a particular occasion where uh, a, a business associate of him, of his, died an untimely, unexpected death. And so he decided to go to the guy's funeral and he ended up there and he ended up sitting with other people who did business with this person who weren't, weren't very personally connected with him but were just going to pay their respects to, to this individual and their family. And, and he knows how everyone was, was stuck in this uh, funeral and, and kind of didn't want to be there because they had other things to do and other places to go and people to see. But they, were, they, but they were there. But then he, as he looked around, he noticed even as he and his friends were itchy, there was a group of people in the front of the church, a small group of people. It was the guy's wife, the guy's children, his brothers and sisters, his parents, and uh, some, some very close friends who had a completely different attitude. They weren't, they weren't just, just just checking another to-do off their list, but they actually, they actually had to be there because, because they were devastated by this loss. And he said that made an impression on him. He went home and he told his wife from then on, okay there, <laughs> he's, he told his wife that going forward, he was going to focus his time and his energy on the people who would actually be crying at his funeral. And I think that's, a good piece of advice for all of us. We think of all the associates we have, all the people we rub shoulders with, but who actually needs us? Who actually is gonna care when our time is up? Who's gonna miss us? I like the way David Brooks write, breaks this down in, in a recent book. He talks about how we spend a lot of time building resume virtues, you know, building up our LinkedIn profile and trying to add credentials and achievements and accomplishments to our career. But, but, but there's another kind of virtue to build up, and he calls that eulogy virtues, which is what are the things people are going to say about you when you're gone? What are you going to be actually remembered for? What are the things that you bring to the world that nobody else can bring? What are the blessings that you bring to the world that nobody else has to offer? And that is the area of your fruitfulness. That's the area where your life will make 
a difference, and that's the challenge for all of us. The fruitful life is not one-dimensional, but it's multi-dimensional. It takes in all of life, and it just doesn't just focus on what's in it for me, but it's a focus on how has God called me to make this world a better place? How has God called me to bless the world around us? The challenge is that sometimes the most successful people we know are also the most troubled people we know. And sometimes, sometimes as, as I heard someone say, my adult achievements are the scabs of my childhood trauma that were driven by our we're driven by our weakness, we're driven by our insecurity in ways that the world rewards, perhaps, that our career rewards, but it doesn't help us become the people who God has called us to be. And, and one of the scary things about life is how possible it is to succeed in a narrow field of our career endeavor or, or to, to a achieve some narrow definition of success, but miss the things that matter most. So how does this happen for us? Well, the answer, and, and something I think that, that people are universally becoming more in tune with, is the importance of spirituality, recognizing the spiritual aspect of our lives. And it seems like everybody's talking about spirituality that, these days, but but modern spirituality or pop spirituality, what I've discovered about it is I've listened to a lot of different uh, spiritual gurus talk about this out, out in the world, is most of them are telling us to look within ourselves, to find the goodness within ourselves, to find the strength within ourselves, to find the virtue within ourselves, and then to manifest that goodness to the world. My problem with that is sometimes when I look inside myself, all I see is anger and insecurity and bitterness and fear and anxiety. And what am I supposed to do with that? What if, what if that overwhelms all the goodness and the potential that's within myself? And so what the Christian gospel tells us to do is it says, you know, the source of fruitfulness, the source of abundance, the source of blessing is not within yourself. And if if all you see in yourself is guilt and failure and fear, that's okay, because that's why Jesus came. And the key to fruitfulness in your life, the key to fruitfulness in my life, is not looking within myself, because honestly, I don't like what I see when I look within myself. The key to fruitfulness is looking at Jesus, looking at the abundance of Jesus, looking at his grace, looking at his sacrifice for us, looking at his sufficiency, and then learning how to draw on that. The Bible calls this dynamic union with Christ. And that's what, what, Paul, what, what Jesus is saying here. He says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. And you have to remain in me in order to bear fruit. You don't have the strength. You don't have the potential in and of yourself. But if you're connected to me, if you belong to me, then you can bear fruit. I mean, I know you people are mostly city people, but you understand the basic concept. If you cut a branch off, that branch withers and dies. You cut a, if you cut a branch off of an apple tree and bring it home with you to Jersey City, you're not going to get any apples from it because the branch needs to be connected to the vine, which needs to be connected to the root in order for it to bear fruit. And Jesus says, just as profoundly, you don't have the potential in and of yourself 
to have a fruitful life. But if you abide in me, if my word abides in you, if you draw strength from me, if you draw power from me, if you understand my love, if you understand my grace, then even you can become someone who lives a fruitful life. Jesus goes on to say, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you abide in me, you will bear much fruit, but apart from me, you can do nothing. And that's because we're not meant to bear fruit on our own. We can't have a fruitful life in and of ourselves. We're meant to be deeply connected, vitally connected to Jesus in union with Christ, and then his strength will become our strength, and his grace will become our grace, then his love will become our love, and then his, his mercy to us will become a mercy that flows over into the world around us. Because, see, what we need is not to look at ourselves, look within ourselves. When we do that, I think for most people that can be discouraging, that can be depressing, and that can be, that can be terrifying, quite honestly. But if we discover his gifts, and we discover his abundance, and we learn to trust in him and do the work it takes to abide in him, then we can become a people who have gifts and have grace to share with this world around us. And that's what it means to be fruitful and to bear fruit, even in the city. That's right. Father, I pray that you would show us how to be connected with Christ. Show us what it means to abide in him. And I pray that as, as we do that, that you would make us a people who bear much fruit, and you would help us to be a fruitful church right here in Sydney. We ask in Jesus' precious name. Amen.